Happy New Year to Detroit Sports Nation, to Eric Vincent. Happy New Year, my man. Happy Are you New recovered, Year, brother. From, recovered from the holidays? No. 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 <laughs> I'm in worse shape, all. actually. <laughs> yeah. I'm in worse shape at this point. I am hurting in places on my body that, like, I hadn't felt in a long time. Like, I'm, my hips are hurting now. Like, I don't know what is going on, but this holiday season, holy moly, man. It took a toll on the old body there. Took yeah, a I'm, big toll on the old body there. I didn't, I didn't get the warning of how things changed after 30 years old. Like, I'm 32 now, so... A lot of these, you know, new aches and pains and hangovers yeah. and stuff. I didn't, didn't realize how long they last until now. So I'm I'm, I'm learning on the fly. <laughs> well, from somebody that's got a few years on you, I'm 36. I can tell you that if you don't stay on top of things, uh, it gets, it goes fast. It fast. goes fast. So you got to work extra hard to make sure that you stay limber and healthy because if you don't and you get a couple of kids into the mix doggone it man whoo that body aches when you wake up in the morning and it, it gets harder and harder and harder to get out of the bed every doggone morning i'm telling you so a little advice from somebody just a touch older than you we're we're, we're very healthy stretches here. at night Do yes oh yeah yeah Definitely. as you drink a glass full of sugar yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't mind me just chug it away the sugar that I'm and the blue here. kool-aid because guess what man we have a football team contending and in a spot for the playoffs so tonight we are going to be talking about the lions we're also going to talk about the michigan football season and that one word that would describe the michigan football season after their loss to tcu which to be fair I don't think anybody other than the parents of TCU football players saw this coming. You know what I'm saying? Like that was that was shocking, to be honest with you. But um, we want to get one word on the Michigan football season later in the show. We'll give you our week 18 picks, which Eric, last week of the season, you got a two-game lead on me, my friend. Two like games. You, two, that's a big God. hurdle to make up with five picks. So thankfully you pick first and we can go from there. And then we'll get into a little who rot and who cares a little bit later in the show as well but eric week 17 the chicago bears are coming to ford field did they even show up i'm not even really sure they showed up well i mean you know that that quarterback that they have that you know a lot of chicago media and fans talked about how underrated he was he had that one run and you know basically act like the game was over from there but you know i don't think they showed up after that it was uh 41 to 10, the Lions just straight up demolished, demolished the Chicago Bears. It was a beautiful thing. And I'll tell you what, man, when the offense is doing what the offense did, holy cow, mm -hmm. they're unstoppable. Yes. They're unstoppable. Uh, give me some quick takeaways from the game, and then we can dive into and discuss like bigger key moments that you thought uh, happened. But give me some quick takeaways. The Lions proved something that we've been waiting to see. This was a game that you were worried about for one reason and one reason only. I just talked about him and, uh, you know, fake Michael Vick Jr. It was not what people try to make him out to be. The guy didn't complete over 100 yards worth of passing. You kept not. him 75. You got yeah. hits on him from a multitude of different players. Pascal with two sacks. Aiden Hutchinson, who I believe should be at the top of the defensive rookie of the year conversation. 100%. Like, I'm, sauce is fine, but it's just pass coverage you're good at. Aiden is affecting 
everything. He should be everything. at the top of that conversation for me. Um, and, and how can I not talk about this, man? Justin Houston, James Houston, James Houston, I Your love you. Your boy. Man. I Your love boy. this guy. You called that from the beginning of the season. And every time he makes a play, I'm like, doggone. Eric I texted you. Right. I texted you. I'm like, I need me a, I need me a jersey immediately. I'm watching the game. I'm with Ricky on the phone. And where he's like, he his game was ahead of mine on his cable. He said, Eric, wait till you watch this play from James Houston. It was the third sack he did. He drops back in coverage, covers 15 yards worth of space. Doesn't miss a tackle, hasn't missed a lot of tackles this season, and wraps down a mobile quarterback, one of the most mobile in the game, a problem the Lions have been dealing with all season, and he put him on his behind convincingly. James Houston, again, I said it on the news desk. If anybody's comparing him to Von Miller, I saw somebody comparing his burst to Micah Parsons. I'm not arguing it anymore. I'm not fighting it. I try not to jump out too much, but he looks as explosive as any elite player that you can think of on the D-line. He looks fantastic. Shout out to James Houston and this Lions team. Okay. I get it, right? There's hype. But really, the, the man has played six NFL games. And I understand that he has eight sacks, okay? And he's been, like, he's fun to watch on film. He's a great player. And I wish that maybe he would have gotten a little bit more run at the beginning of the season. Where but, right now? but, but, can we just let the guy be? Can we not make comps? Just for just like let him finish the season. Do you know who we are? Do you? I, do you, I, I, do you I know. I know. Who we but are? that's what, what I'm saying. Mean? Like just kindly and safely put down the blue Kool Aid for a second, and let's not make these comps right now after six games. I just I, they're doing. You're just, you're bagging on people not, for saying what Justin Fields is underrated because of what he's done in a short time. And totally now in different. six games, we want to say James Houston is Von Miller. No, 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 no. Micah totally Parsons. No, 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 no. Different. Let me. Okay, let me break it down better. There are parts of his game that are one thousand percent comparable to both of those guys. Okay. His okay. bend, his athleticism, yes. his ability to stay on the field while leading. Unreal. Bull rushing a tackle into a sack. Like he Crazy. didn't even touch Justin Fields. He Crazy. made the tackle. Sack. Yes. That was yes. awesome. He has a great array of moves. I think he has more moves than Aiden Hutchinson at this point. Like, his yeah. spin, like, he's done very good. So, yes, no. I'm not saying he's going to become Von Miller or Michael Parsons, but there are attributes of his game that look very similar to both of those guys, without question. Okay. I'll accept that. Okay. I'll accept that. That I'll accept. But I'm we go. <laughs> okay, yeah, go ahead. Just just slam it. But Don't mind me. <laughs> he is a lot of fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Really makes me wonder why it took them 11 games to get him on the field. Me too. Especially when you had a defense that is bottom of the league in every... I mean, they allow the most yards on the road or at home. Mm -hmm. According to teamrankings.com, they allow the most yardage to a team every game. So the question is, why would he not be out there sooner Right. <laughs> I don't know. Ricky's chiming in. He said it was the next Reggie White. He told you today. Or you told him today. <laughs> so you're really making yeah. those comps yeah. of him being Reggie. Don't listen to this man. Ricky, listen, listen this man. Ricky, I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that you do not hate me tonight. Because for whatever reason, over the last like three weeks, Ricky, I feel like you hate me. Like you and I are at odds. Obviously, we think differently about Jared Goff, which is okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, we were buds when you jumped into the river for us 
And now you're just sitting here arguing with me all the time, which is okay. I love the banter, but I'm going to do everything I can, Ricky, to make sure that you're on my side tonight. Like Team AJ all the way tonight, Ricky. Good luck. Let's let's go. Let's go. Mm -hmm. But here's one thing that I really uh, was at. I was shocked by. Not shocked. More it confirmed. Well, I'm. I hope you like oatmeal. Because if you don't like oatmeal, that really doesn't matter. I don't know how to respond to that. <laughs> Here's one of those things I was watching on Sunday. I was like, man, if this wasn't like such a huge split thing, this would be so fun to watch. Mm-hmm. But the Lions' offense at home, at Ford Field, compared to when they're on the road. Like, that was one of my huge takeaways from this game. That offense that was out there on Sunday against the Bears. Now, listen, the Bears' defense is not phenomenal, okay? But they did exactly what you're supposed to do when you have a top-five offense and they have a, you know, below-average offense. Right. You imposed your will. Yep. I just want to see that more often outside of the walls of Ford Field. Because we can't take Ford Field to Green Bay, Wisconsin. And put it no. down and play there. We're going to have to find a way to play on the road. And statistically, offensively as a team, we are not as good on the road as we are at home. And for this Week 18 matchup, and for what potentially could loom post-Week 18, we're not playing at Ford Field again. Right. So for me, I, like that was I was like, man, Jared Goff is a, is a pretty darn good quarterback at Ford Field. Yep. His passer rating is 22 points higher at Ford Field than it is on the road. He -hmm. has 17 more touchdowns in two games. Two more games. He's played nine games at home, seven on the road. 17 Mm -hmm. more touchdowns at home than he does on the road. One more interception on the road in two less games than he does at home. I just want to see consistency. And maybe that's my biggest beef with Jared Goff. Yep. Is like, come on, man. Like, if you could be maybe take a little bit off when you're at home and add it to when you're on the road, you got a solid quarterback. Yep. You but could. when you're that, there's that much of a discrepancy. That's where we start to have a problem. And that offense was fun on Sunday. Well, luckily, we got the compliment that we've been needing from golf because for whatever reason, this run game has been terrible for the past few weeks. Now you get a much yeah. needed game from DeAndre Swift where he's yes. involved in the run game and the pass game. Yes. Jamal, who again, he got that last run that helped hit his uh, instead of in his contract to go over uh, certain number yards. yards. Yeah, yeah, to get over 1,000 yards. So, But again, him, them both having that complimentary game, and we talked about J-Mo's big run, that splash X-factor effect that he brings to the game that you can't predict and stop. That needs to be a part of it. It can't just be Goff winging it 40 times. He threw yeah. it, what, 29 times, I think, yeah. in this game? Yeah, 21 for 29. If he's throwing between 25 and 30, yeah. We're if good. he's throwing between 25 and 30, I'm happy. Because when you're it's, able to have if, – if he has to throw more than that, it means your run game's not doing anything or you're behind a lot. And you don't want either of those things being the case right now. So especially, no, I that. especially in Week 18. Yes. When you are at the Frozen Tundra tund- – sorry. Ooh, it's been a while. You can mess when that name <laughs> up. I don't care. I, I'm so sick of that term. Go ahead. Frozen Tundra. Eh, whatever. Frozen Tundra. Wisconsin. But when you're up there at the, you know, frozen field that resides in Lambeau, <laughs> you have to – you can't throw the ball 40 times. 
No. If you end up throwing the ball 40 times, things have not gone well for us. Mm-hmm. So it, it sets up. Oh man, I, I'm I'm so intrigued because now Sunday night football, as the news broke today, our Lions got their primetime game. Yeah. Which is interesting for a number of reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of our writers at DSN just wrote an editorial which everybody should check out. Uh, about how the NFL has now screwed the Detroit Lions again mm. because they give them a primetime game, but that primetime game might not mean anything. Right. So my question to you is, how do you feel about that? My question to everybody watching is, how do you feel about this Sunday night football game? Do you think that the NFL kind of did the Lions a little bit dirty by potentially taking the meaning out of this game for them? And and kind of highlighting the Aaron Rodgers effect, right? Because if Green right. Bay That's wins, the they're in the playoffs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If That's they really win, it they doesn't do. matter what Seattle does. Yep. So did I, the NFL prop up its, you know, uh, and I was going to say something, but I'm not going to say it. Their, their <laughs> long-haired hippie poster boy. There was a different direction I was going to go. No, I know exactly what we're going to. It's okay. a family show, right? Family show, so, yes. So how are we? how are we feeling? about this Sunday night football game. You know what? I think this is a big game, but I think it's a bigger game for a different reason. Okay. It, it kind of goes to SOL, and I think we've kind of talked about it a lot. This game, I think, is bigger for us as fans than it is for the Lions team. We are exercising the demons of getting past the Green Bay Packers. You just said it. If Seattle wins, doesn't matter. This game yes. is not – it doesn't mean anything. now For the it, Lions. For the Lions, exactly. Okay. So yeah. it means something for us because we want to see them finally put the stake in the heart of Green Bay and, you know, rip their hopes out. I'm fine with that. But in terms of what it does for this team, like for me, they've already surpassed expectations. They don't have to for prove sure. anything with this game. Like I don't look at this as, like, oh, this is going to decide who they are and put the stamp on what they no. did. No, I don't look at this game at all. Now, would I like to see them win? Yes. Do I think they're going to win? Tune in to see later, but I think <laughs> this is just a bigger game for well us as fans to exercise the demons of SOL from our minds, not this young rookie fled team that is learning to win on the fly in their first season. So, no, I don't look at it the same. In that no, regard. man, like, okay, you said it twice, and I think I'm gonna start like buzzering you every time, but like, and I, we'll talk about this a little bit more, okay, at the end of the show. That acronym is no longer allowed. Okay. 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 Do not. Do not. If you have not exercised, and we talked about this coming out of the Carolina game, right? Yeah. If we have if we have exercised the demons of SOL, this team is not SOL. The only thing that is SOL right now is maybe the PTSD that some fans have. Okay. That's, that's sure. It. I understand that. And that and that's legitimate. But given what this team experienced in Carolina mm-hmm. and then did what they did against the Bears on Sunday, yeah, SOL teams would have lost on Sunday. I okay? agree. They wouldn't have bounced back. Yep. They would have had the playoff hopes hanging out there. This team fought. This team stayed alive to live another day. So I do not want to hear, unless you are referring to it in this way, as Ricky so eloquently put up. Okay? <laughs> strong that offensive is, line. That is the only way that SOL is allowed to be said is strong offensive line. Which they 265 are. 265 rushing yards on the Chicago Bears. That's Huge. it. 
at first, and I'm going to answer the question, how do I feel about the Sunday night game? Mm-hmm. At first, I was like, dang it, man. Like, I don't like this. I don't like it at all. Because I want to go in at 1 o'clock. I want to handle our business and then let the chips fall where they may. Right. That's it. I don't want to come into this game knowing that Seattle had beat the Rams, which I'm not so sure they're going to do, by the way. Mm-hmm. That Seattle's going to be the Seattle. So all we're doing now at this point is playing spoiler. Okay. Much. That's not, I, I, I didn't want that set up, but then talking to our buddy, Jeff, he, and actually my brother, Matt, who's been on the show too. He said, it's a win-win situation, right? Mm-hmm. Because if we win, we're in. If Seattle loses, if Seattle mm-hmm. wins and we win, we spoil green Bay. So there's really nothing for the Lions to lose at this point on Sunday Night Football. Yep. And I'm okay with that. Me too. Yes, did the NFL potentially take the meaning out of the game should Seattle beat Los Angeles? Yeah, they potentially did. And sure, they set up the the Rodgers storyline and all. Okay, whatever. Right. But this team has been surprising all season long, and it will not shock me to see them go in Stop the run, because I don't think Rodgers has passed. And I'll have to look while we're talking about I don't think Rodgers has passed for over 250 yards in, like, the last six games. Bruh, no. And so if the Lions can concentrate their efforts to stopping the run, like they did against Chicago. Now, listen, people are going to look, and they'll be like, they didn't stop the run. Yes, they did. They did. Actually, the Chicago running backs, I think, only had 55 yards. Justin Fields had 130 yards. Okay, yeah, they gave up 130 of them. But that was on two runs, a 64-yard run and, like, a 30-yard run. He had 105 yards after the first quarter and only gained 27 the rest of the game. He didn't run after the the James uh, Houston-Rodrigo collision that he had where he fumbled the football. After that, he stopped running completely. Yeah, I know. And there's, there's, you know, elements to his injury playing a part of that. But this game on Sunday – just got like, especially after Saturday night, and we're going to talk about the Michigan game against TCU, but especially after Saturday night, this game on Sunday, like, re energized me. I feel very sports hungover after this weekend, right? With all of the emotion of the Michigan game on Saturday night. Then, like, I took the first quarter of OSU Georgia off. I was like, I can't watch any more football right now. Like, mm-hmm. I've, I've literally been glued to my TV for four hours. Right. I cannot do it. I got to take like a mental break. I tuned back into Georgia and Ohio State and can't even like pull myself away because of how exciting that game was. And then I get to the Lions game and I'm like, well, at least it wasn't emotional and like nerve wracking. I'm glad they had it like in the bag by the second quarter. Yes. So I'm like, I'm ready to go for Sunday. I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, the Lions can just pull one more rabbit out of the hat a little Mm. bit because, you know, Calvin thinks that the NFL is definitely throwing shade on the Lions to play at night. The NFL wants Aaron in Green Bay as long as possible. I, I think that's true, but I think the the Aaron Rodgers stick is getting old for just about everybody. I agree. Green Bay included. So I, I will not be surprised if Aaron Rodgers is not a Packer next year. They gotta do something with Jordan Love at a certain point. At a but, certain point, yeah. It, it, I, I think this is okay. I'm okay with this game because for one, the Sunday night football has been the premium game. There's been some Monday night games that haven't been that yeah. good. Sunday night football has been pretty good. And before, who's trying to watch the the Jags and the Titans? 
in their Sunday night matchup. Like I had no interest in that whatsoever. No. So even with it being set up where you know Seattle's predicating the you know the end result of the postseason and how things progress in the Lions game, but I'm okay with seeing that. Again, this is gonna be a huge game for them to prove that they're for real in the division. You're going up against we talk about Aaron Rodgers, but we talk about the running game too. That's the focal point of what they really need to focus yeah. on. Stopping AJ Dillon, stopping Aaron Jones. That yeah. is the number one key. And protecting protecting the football and protecting Jared Goff too. I think d- their defense gets after it. If there's any time where he can crack that streak of not turning the football over, it can be in Lambo. So they have to be able to protect him and the football to get out of this game mm-hmm. alive with a W. And you're going to be facing conditions that are going to be similar to what you had in Carolina. So you yep. just got to be ready to go. Since we're kind of on this Aaron Rodgers kick, there was a debate in the media over, you know, the 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 best quarterback in the NFC. And they were debating oh. between Kirk Cousins and Aaron Rodgers. Never even mentioned Jared Goff. Didn't even put his name in it. So Eric Schlitt, I think it's Schlitt from, uh, I think it's Pride of Detroit. He put together this little chart, and then we updated. <laughs> Detroit Sports Nation updated the graphic with Jared Goff. I mean, he updated it with Jared oh Goff, God. and then we added all the other, you know, graphics here <laughs> of who's the real king of the North as far as football and quarterbacking goes. And listen, Ricky, I'm trying to win you over tonight, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> and I'm doing everything I can. But you look at this chart, it's really not even close who's the best quarterback in the NFC North. Yep. It's not even close. Nope. It is all based on how good he's been playing at home. Because it a is, lot of those it numbers is. There's a lot too. of that is predicated on how he's been playing at home. Four mm-hmm. interceptions on the road compared to three at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has 17 more touchdowns at home, which means I think think that he has 23 at home and six on the road that's crazy so he's 23 and three touchdown to interception ratio at at ford field mm-hmm. and he's six to four touchdown to interception ratio on the road okay so like that yes that definitely we need a little bit more balance there but there's no there's no debate right now no as to who's going to be the better who's the and truthfully i mean look even the numbers work out as far as like his cap hit. This is his cap hit this year in 2022 and 2023. He's still the cheaper option. And in 2024, he's still uh, the cheaper option with Kirk Cousins. Who knows, you know, where he's going to be in 2024. So right. um, I just wanted to, to throw that up for everybody so that they could see, you know, what what the truth was, what the facts were, that there is a king of the north and he resides in Honolulu Blue. As much as it pains me to say that, and as right. much as I still believe that he's not the future of this franchise, right? He's the best quarterback in the NFC North this year. There's no doubt about it. There's no doubt about it. And I don't think no this game is. It. I don't think this game changes that either because has has Rodgers had some good games, yes, but they've been leading on their run game. They've been leading on it seems like a like a game managing type style. Like he's not he's not the guy that threw for 45 touchdowns and four interceptions. Like he's not that guy anymore. They're playing a different style. He's older. He's taking weird, you know, medication out in Brazil or wherever he was at. Like he's in a different space now. Medication. You and said it politically correct. <laughs> family show. Family show for the kids. So he is in a different place. And I think 
again, however this game turns out, I don't think it changes the narrative. Yes, I do believe the NFL is trying to prop him in this storyline up, and that's sure. fine. So this is where we get to put our foot on his neck and say, no, you're done. If we can, put right. a, if we can wrap him up, it'll be beautiful. This week. yeah. So I told you I would look at this right and the stats, and here's what I'm going to tell you: mm-hmm. if the Lions can stop the run, they win this game, hundred percent for sure. Aaron Rodgers this season has not had a game over 300 yards. Would you believe That's that? Crazy. That's not one game. The closest he got was against us at 291. And he wasn't not even great that game. game. Oh, nope. man. Okay. Not a single okay. game over. 300 yards, and he's only top 250 one, two, two times, three times, if you count the 291. Okay. He's only thrown for three touchdowns once Mm -hmm. and also has a three-interception game. Hmm. He's also been sacked 30 times this year, which is nice to know, considering what we talked about with Hutchinson, Pascal, and Houston. You know our you know, our rookies have eighteen and a half sacks on the season. They've been dominant. It's incredible. They've been, they've been dominant this season. It, they have it's been incredible, unbelievable. Like I, I'm I'm definitely upset we didn't get to see James Houston the whole season because you don't know where he could be at this point. And seeing how he's complimented everybody else on this line and seeing how they've been able to grow. Bugs being a good pickup in the free agency. Like they've been. Very, very fun to watch in terms of their growth and defense. And, and Houston even talked about it in the locker room. He said that makes it special to see those rookies and see people that, that young grow and get better week by week. And that's what you want to see from this team. They're doing exactly that. Yeah, I agree with you. And and Calvin had put up there uh, that the Lions have a 49% chance of making the playoffs um, this this weekend. Thanks, Calvin. Um, I like the odds, man. I, I just like the odds, right? I mean, there's <laughs> who would have thought we'd be in this position? I guess that's kind of where I'm at, right? It's like who would have thought that we would be in this position? Yes. It that that's what's most important out of this. We came into this, we said it. You play meaningful games by the end of the season. We didn't meet, we didn't know if it would be the last week of the season, wherever it would be, but they have been putting forth some damn good football over yeah. these past several weeks. So this is exactly so, what we need to be seeing. <clears throat> I want to, I'm going to, I'm going to show you this just to, just to make sure that we're, we're everything is correct, but this is from five thirty eight, Okay. Um, and what it is, is it's a, it's a playoff odds. Okay. Okay. Um, and what you're looking at here is, and I'll zoom in just a little bit. But the Lions currently, if if the Seahawks lose, they have a 38% chance. So just okay. to be like, everything is, you know, everything is factual. But if we beat Green Bay, we're in. That's it. That's it. If With a loss to the Seahawks and the Green Bay, so I don't know where the 49% came from. If there's nothing, like, if going into the week, we have a 17% chance. Okay. Packers are at 61 because they control their own destiny. Seahawks are at 22. We're at 17. But if they lose, we go to 39%. And then if we beat Green Bay, we are in. And that's that's kind of how the, the playoff scenario works for us this weekend. And it's going to be fun. But it leads to a question. It does. And before we get to that question, I just want to remind everybody that wherever you are at on social media, make sure 
Oh, that's the wrong graphic. My bad. Wherever <laughs> you're at on social media, make sure that you are following uh, Detroit Sports Nation. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube and pound that bell so you can get notifications for the latest content that we drop. And also make sure you're following us on, on Facebook, on Twitter, on TikTok, on Instagram, because we have new content dropping all the time. And if you want to stay up to date on Detroit Sports, you want to do it with Detroit Sports Nation. Now, the question that we have to ask, Eric, draft pick or playoff berth? Draft pick or playoff berth? Because here's what inevitably has happened to the Lions. We now have to root for the Rams to beat the Seahawks, the Baker Mayfields of Los Angeles, <laughs> to beat the Seahawks, which will inevitably affect our first draft pick in April. But it also helps on the back end with a potential playoff berth. So my question to you is, which is more important? Is the, is the higher draft pick, so Seattle beating the Rams and we end up where we end up in the top five, top six, mm -hmm. more important? Or is them beating the Seahawks, us beating the Packers, and getting into the playoffs more important in your mind? This is, this is Don George says playoff berth. Ricky says draft pick. Mm -hmm. Calvin says let's go playoffs. What? are your thoughts i'm looking at this from a couple different perspectives um for me i feel like if this was somehow a situation where the lions could be hosting a playoff game at ford field i would say give me the playoff berth while i believe the lions could and, and this is if they only see minnesota they somehow i see the niners in the first round I don't like our chances at all, but you see Minnesota on the road and beat them. That's cool. But I want that satisfaction at home from a fan perspective. You're not see, getting it. So take that out. Exactly. So since that's not going to happen, I'm on the side of the draft pick. I feel like it's not going to move a whole lot because based on how the teams are that are ahead of the Rams right now in the draft, um, it's the Colts who play the Texans who have been trying to win a lot lately. I don't understand. Uh, the Cardinals are ahead of them, but they play the Niners. They're probably not going to win that game. The Broncos, uh, who the Broncos play? The Chargers, they're not going to win that game. And I think it's one more team that I'm uh, forgetting that could move. So potentially they could get into the top five, which to me would make me happy because you at least – you I want them to walk away with one of these three D linemen. If you could somehow – I don't think they're going to get Will Anderson. Jalen Carter's not going to happen. But I really like Miles Murphy from Clemson. If you can get him at number five, I'd be super happy with that. And I think you have the best chance being at five. And for me, well, great. I do have a lot of faith in Brad Holmes to make the right choices. I don't think this playoff berth is that it's not, it's, it's not fulfilling enough for me to forego and forget about better draft positioning for this team. So I'm all in on the draft pick at this point, honestly. I respectfully disagree. Oh, <gasps> respectfully what? disagree and there's a number of reasons why i respectfully I disagree this. okay you are already ending up with a top 10 pick regardless which is good okay now does that mean that you're necessarily going to get one of those defense alignment no that does not mean that no but whether you pick six to ten okay let's give it that range mm -hmm. 
that is 100% dependent upon what the teams one through five do for you in the draft. Okay. Who thought Panay Sewell was going to fall to seven? Not a lot. Okay. Also, at pick 217 in last year's draft, we found James Houston. Mm-hmm. In a, I think it was a fifth-round pick or a fourth-round pick, we found Amon Ross St. Brown. We got Malcolm Rodriguez in the sixth round. Mm-hmm. I trust Brad Holmes with a top 10 pick, not a you-can't-mess-up top three pick. I'm putting my faith in Brad Holmes to make the best selection wherever that Rams pick lands. And adding to that, the fact that you, who is the nucleus of the Lions team right now? The rookies that have been drafted last year and the second-year players that Brad Holmes has drafted. Those are the guys making the plays. Houston, McNeil, Hutchinson, Kirby Joseph, right? Mm Mm-hmm. They need playoff experience. They They need need playoff experience. They need it this year? They need it this year. And I'll tell you why. Because there is validity to the idea of learning how to win, of Mm -hmm. gaining experience and let experience being a teacher so that you can then understand. We may go into Minnesota and we may lose by two touchdowns, but we were there. And we have a group of guys and a nucleus of guys who are the playmakers that experienced that. Even because if they get waxed by two touchdowns? I, that doesn't matter. They were there. The lights were brighter. The fans were louder. <sighs> and and as one of my friends pointed out, it also gives Dan Campbell a year of playoff coaching under his belt where inches matter, where seconds matter. In a season where you're not expected to do anything in the playoffs, which is fine. I'm not expecting a Super Bowl. But what I do want is that extra year of playoff experience because in 2023 – if you draft like you've been drafting and they perform like they've been performing, this team is your NFC North champions. There's no doubt about that. There's no team better in the NFC North than the Detroit Lions going into 2023. Okay. So let me ask you a question. So hold on. I'm not done. Oh. So with that, with that bold take, because I think that, you know, of course, barring injury, but this team is the best team in the NFC North, and I think they've proved that over the last nine games. They've won seven out of nine. They beat Minnesota. They've handed the Bears their butt twice, because the first time was by one point at Soldier Field, and they have a chance to sweep Green Bay. You take this team, give them a little bit of playoff experience, and then you roll into 2023 with some holes filled, another year of coaching under Dan Campbell's belt, and some playoff coaching experience, that might be a force to be reckoned with, my friend. It could be a force to be reckoned with without that. Like, let me ask you a question. You've Okay, so we've agreed that basically these last closing four games that they played are essentially playoff games. Don't you think they're playing with more house money in the playoffs compared to playing against Green Bay, especially if Seattle loses this coming week? I Yes, but again... Your your game on, on Sunday night is essentially like a playoff game. I agree with you. Okay. But it is not a playoff game. It's that extra week of preparation. It's that extra, you know, heightened sense of every little thing mattering in that first-round playoff game. And getting these young guys that experience, it matters. It matters. 
you had as an athlete. Listen, I talked to one of my buddies who's a professional athlete, and I straight up asked him this question. Baker Mayfield. Go, it's not Baker Mayfield. It's not even a football player. <laughs> but I asked him. I go, as a professional athlete, is there something to the idea of learning how to win, of getting there and getting experience? And he of said, course. 100%. There's no doubt about that. He goes, it's it's being in that situation and knowing, OK, I've got to find something within myself to get over this hump or I take what I learned from that playoff experience and then incorporate it into my preparation for next year. It's all that playoff experience. So they're not required, as Ricky said, I'm with you. But at the same time. You cannot take you cannot replicate the experience that they will get from a first round playoff game. You can't replicate it in practice or anywhere else. But this is, I think you're missing something though, because yes, playoffs are important, but I think the experience that they're getting is big game experience. Now, while playoffs sure. may be bigger, these games that they're playing right now, you can't get into the playoffs without winning and playing good right now. I you agree. can make an argument that these are more important. And I think them getting that taste in their mouth, whether it's through victories or getting punched in the mouth against the Panthers where they didn't show up. I feel like that is serving a big growth for these young players in, in, in a playoff situation where they're not even expecting them to be there. And even if they get in, you expect them to get further than the first round or second round? I'm not. And like, I don't think that's necessarily needed for rookies who are already playing in big games, who are weathering the storms of adversity that they created on their own and through their coaching staff. And they're learning, like you said, what it takes to win. But I don't think playoffs has to be a definition of that. Now, for me, because I have somebody specific that I want in mind with Miles Murphy, that's why I want the pick specifically at five. I do. I'm with you. I trust Brad Holmes to make the right call with wherever they land. But I want to see that D-line as strong as possible as the identity of their defense. And with the talent that's up there that high, I think that serves better for the next five to ten years than one playoff bid which may not even do nothing for them like what if they don't make the playoffs next year like the nfl is kind of like up in the air sometimes it's not a guarantee that okay because they snuck in this year they're guaranteed to be back next year so like i just think they need to focus on building correctly and i think that goes with the foundation of their roster construction i agree with you and i think that that is there's validity to that right but you have also heard, and we've also had, and, and it's a different scale because, right, it's it's college football versus um, NFL football. Right. But, but J.J. McCarthy, right, he's even said last year when we got to the playoffs, it was different. This year we've been there and we know what to expect. Now, the result wasn't different. They still lost, and we're going to talk about that here in a second. But mm -hmm. there's something to being there. And that's what I'm trying to get across, right? Like, is, is I feel like, yes, you're 100% right. Understanding how big and important these last four games have been and learning to win within those games. Yes. Massively important. Huge. But that's like second tier compared to the first tier of actually being in a playoff atmosphere. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Like, okay, yeah, we've learned. Like, if, if experience is, like, tiered out, right? You've got your regular season. Now you've got your meaningful regular season games that are going to get you into the playoffs in Tier 2. 
Okay, now we need that next level of experience in Tier 1 actually being in a playoff game, understanding that the crowd's going to be louder, understanding that seconds matter more, understanding that inches matter more. And, yeah, I <clears throat> do I think that they get into the playoffs and then are blown out in the first round? Not at all, actually. Mm -hmm. I don't. Especially if they go to Minnesota. They've proved that they can They're win in Minnesota, Minnesota as long as they don't kick a 53-yard field goal and give up two double-digit leads. They're beating Minnesota. And Minnesota's the biggest frauds in the NFL as, no as question. we know it. No question. So, so to me, the playoff experience, going to a hostile environment, because Minnesota's a tough place to play, and getting that experience for these young guys, who somebody brought up contracts a little bit earlier, right? We we only have a short amount of time left. Like, Sewell has two years left after this one. Right. Amon Rao has... Three years left, I think, if we pick right. up his fifth year option. Okay. So like though like that's that's a very short window. I get that. And so you gotta capitalize on that and you get and, and again, I'm gonna keep reiterating. Yes, the player experience is nice, but also getting MCDC some playoff experience before this team has its holes filled is never going to be a bad thing. And yeah, I would sacrifice picking eighth instead of fifth to get him that experience. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. It scares me. There's it's plus. So you sit in that position too. Your positions where you're drafting like there's running backs at that high. There's cornerbacks that high who I don't want to draft that high Great. in the first round. Per That's round. more teams taking players off the board that we don't need. They're taking players I do want, though, in, in need. Those D linemen can tip the balance of the NFC and how good this defense can be. I think the Lions are close to being closer to the ten, top 10 defense than people think just because of how well their D line is playing. If you add more talent on top of that, you put them in that conversation. I don't think. I agree. Yes. I, I, I think, agree. Yes. The, but does that outweigh the experience of a playoff game? And I'm when you ask that, I'm coming from the perspective of if they're gonna lose. Because who's to say that who's guaranteed again? I do believe they beat Minnesota, but I, I don't know, man. I, I, I would I don't want to sacrifice that. I don't. I think they need to keep focusing on the building of the roster. I think that's what they need to focus on right now. I don't think that's gonna serve them that great. I think they're getting again, these are meaningful games they're playing now. Playoffs are different, but I think they're getting that meaningful game experience right now before our eyes. I, it's different it's though. It's so different. It's Charles so Buckley. different. Why is moving the scene? And now, how do we keep this team together? And how do we keep building with the winning tradition? Well, you win football games first yeah, of all. That's it. But you also get the playoff experience. That's what I, that like. I listen. We need to transition to Michigan, and we need to talk about Michigan, a team that was actually in. the Oh, think you might cut down. Yeah, sorry. We there have you a go. team. Good. Sorry about that. <laughs> we have a team that is, you know, on the brink. And I think that getting them the ability to be in the playoffs is just it's huge. It's huge. I won't be mad. I won't be mad if it happens. Like no. I'm not gonna complain about them being in the playoffs, but right. You know, okay. Yeah. All right. Good. So talk to the people here about you're of Detroit. I can do that. 
Time to stay clean and fresh here at Detroit Sports Nation. Check out GearUpDetroit.shop. You can get 25% off your purchase by using the coupon code BTB25OFF. I know a lot of people hit me up, said they use this code and use the site for their Christmas gifts to get their family members and friends clean. I definitely did some shopping on there as well. I really hope you do the same. GearUpDetroit.shop is where you get the best and freshest Lions apparel. Make sure you check out the site. Get some shopping on post holiday going to 2023 clean you're shop. and there's a new hoodie out called the tough 313 that's got a lion a huge lion head on it with a 313 down the sleeve like go yeah. check yeah. it out and make sure make sure that you use that btb25 off to get that coupon code uh we got chris mvp harris in the chat it's good to see you bud i know you've What's been up, around chris? in and out thanks for stopping by charles i know dre all you guys that have been around man we appreciate every single one of you calvin and ricky of course who apparently said that i was acting like lucy or charlie brown and pulling the pulling the football out from under him because I, I said that the playoff experience is important we were on the same side for a little bit man told you i don't know be tough. but told here you. <laughs> is here's the question that we need to get to about michigan football listen this is a team to win 13 and one this season unfortunately their season ended a week earlier than what was expected, but what is one word that you would use to summarize? And I want to read everybody's word in the chat too. What's one word you would use to summarize the Michigan football season after the loss to TCU? Listen, the 51 to 45, I think it was, uh, lost. They lost by six points. They, they cost themselves a lot in various ways and then also had a little bit of officiating controversy we're not going to talk about targeting because listen that call is never going to get made at that point in the game was it targeting probably but are they going to call that most likely not no the biggest one obviously is the touchdown to roman wilson which the next play after that was a fumble but at the at the end of the day you also ran a triple reverse on the two yard line and and didn't take points. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of things that could be described or discussed, but what is the one word you would use to, to summarize this season? Disheartening. Ooh, disheartening. It's gotta be disheartening. I was talking to Calvin earlier and Calvin, I'm going to use your term of your comparison, man. This feels very reminiscent to the Golden State Warriors who chased that record mm. and did so great in the regular season yeah. and looked so promising only to run into LeBron and the Cavs yeah. who put their fire out. And what sucks even more about this game, TCU played your game. They played and took Michigan's identity by running the football, by moving methodically. Their defense really came to play and stepped up, created two huge pick sixes, and got y'all to play out of character. I've been saying I want to see Michigan play from behind, and they are not the same team. Now, I give them all the credit in the world. They dug a big hole. They had a lot of problems in you know, sustaining the ability to, you know, keep up with TCU. But to finish with a one-score game and having a chance to win at the end, I give them all the credit in the world. But I'm extremely disappointed and disheartened for what they did. Jim Harbaugh's clock management with the last three minutes. He got three weird. timeouts horribly done by him. And the 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 the, the Philly special in the first quarter where you have t- – to me, one of the best running backs of the Big Ten. You don't even just give him the ball to pound up the middle straight. 
I don't understand what they were trying to do. I don't like a lot of moves that uh, Harbaugh made, and it really left a disheartening taste in my mouth watching that game. But that's, that's the, the that's the one word you would use to describe their season. I mean, yeah, they could be happy with it, but at this point, like a lot of Michigan fans have said, well, at least we beat Ohio State. You beat them last year, so you should uh, have upper expectation. Like, no, uh, hold on a second though. They hadn't won in the horseshoe in like twenty years. So what? That's significant. So what? Did you go with that game thinking you were better than Ohio State? Uh, I thought it was a very even game. Actually, I was. That was that was the most nervous I have ever been watching a sporting event that Saturday. Really? I'm dead serious. Oh, Every wow. play, I was on the edge of my seat. Okay. I'm. Okay, I'm so- just telling you, from a fan's perspective and somebody who does this, you know, for a show. Like I was legitimately nervous every snap of the ball until obviously like the fourth quarter when we had it in hand and Donovan Edwards was ripping off runs. Yes, but I, that was that was this season. Now next season, like yeah, like I'm not gonna I'm gonna be like okay, like we've done it twice in a row, like let's go. But th- that was a very nerve wracking game. Y'all, you Michigan fans, bro. You, I don't care. You came into this game better than them. You was waxing everybody with all the momentum in the world. You were better than Ohio State. You beat them convincingly. Yes, we it was did. a back and forth teetering game, but you were better than them. You should have had higher expectation than just Ohio State okay. this season. But do you know why I was, why I had nerves? Why? Mo- mainly because the entire season had been built on the back of Blake Corum and he sure. was gone. And then our next home run hitter, Donovan Edwards is dealing with a broken hand. Right. Okay. So like there's, and then JJ, like you got to remember up until that point in the season, we didn't really know if JJ could take up the mantle and not like just game manage, but actually go in and win a football game. Okay. So there's nerves there because you're like, I don't know if this kid can do it or not. Now, we talked about that. I felt like he did a great job in that game. Mm-hmm. Okay. Big Ten Championship. Again, for me this season, uh, if I were to sum it up into one word, it's a historic season. First time they'd ever been 13-0, and first okay. of all. Okay. Okay. And according to, uh, you know, college football reference is the first 13 win team in Michigan history. Okay. Okay. Which is significant. So it was historic. The game itself is disappointing. Because, yeah, there were expectations for a national championship. And, And truthfully, I... I don't know how a national championship game shakes out. If they're playing Georgia on Monday night, that's a that's a, going to be a pretty doggone good game. Ricky, I'm gonna pull your comment up again. I'm so tired of y'all. Are you <laughs> kidding me? What? What? Where is said, the confidence? I y'all? I literally just said it was going to be a good national championship game if we were playing Georgia. You just said I you literally know how it just said that. Out. I you don't know how you... it would shake out, but I feel like we would compete. It wouldn't be like it was last year for sure. Last year, they ran us off the field in the first and a half quarter. What would your confidence level be on if you were to play Georgia in the the championship? I think the spread would be four and a half in favor of Georgia, and I think that we would at least cover or win in the final seconds. So 
So again, if you feel that confident, your bar should be higher than Ohio State. I'm That's sorry, bro. Like that, y- man, y'all, I'm really disappointed. But again, you got, but, got, but you're also like retrofitting feelings based on what we did in Columbus. You're talking about us going into Columbus when we, like, yeah, I'm very confident. I was very confident when we came out of Columbus because I thought we were the best team in the country. Okay, which you okay. should have felt, yeah. But not before that game because that was still a big question mark. I don't understand why you're failing to see this. That was a huge question mark game. Who legitimately, legitimately, what offense had Michigan played up until the Ohio State game that gave you confidence? There was Colorado State, Hawaii. You don't have that's fine. Okay, first of all, like, you, yes, our defense was really good, but yes. it, but defense wins weren't. championships. Yeah, but what happened Saturday night? They weren't good Saturday night. Oh, they was terrible, but you were still in the game at least. <sighs> yeah, I mean, eighteen points is a very large hole to climb out of. Sure, but you did it. You did that though. You only lost by six. You had a drive to go. You just didn't close. Yeah, and went three and out twice in the fourth quarter, back to back. It happens. It happens. And gave I'm... up an eighty-yard touchdown to the best receiver in the country because we can't tackle, and let Max do game because we kept like it was just not a great game, and it was very disappointing and disheartening, like you said. That game was, but the season overall, I thought was a great season. So that's what you would put on it. You would call it a great season. I call it a historic season. Thirteen and zero. First time in in season. Yeah. Okay. It ended a week early for sure. Okay. And here's the thing, right? Ohio State's in a free fall. So am I worried about Ohio State next year? Not at all, actually. <laughs> you just told me I shouldn't be, and I should have more confidence. And I just you should have been worried. You should have been worried about them this year. Now, granted, yes, you should at least now, great. We both didn't pick Michigan to win because of the injury concerns. But I did say if one of them was healthy in the running backs, you could win the game still. Yeah. And you were confident in this. You seem to be doing a whole 180 now in terms of what your confidence is. And on top of now calling it a historic season. You asked me for a word to summarize, and I just told you. It's historic because they're the first 13-0 team in Michigan history. That's awesome. That's awesome. But That's historic. Yes, but your goals and your aspirations should have been higher than the regular season. It is because we won the Big Ten Championship, too. We had that playoff experience. So that got us our 13th win. Which is good. That's cool. No, I'm not, Charles. No, I'm not. (laughs) He's not a Michigan fan either, though. No, I'm unbiased and I don't care about none of them. I'm just. Listen, listen. I think Michigan got cute. I, I, I listen, it, th- listen, and I'll say this the scoreboard didn't reflect it, but Michigan's a better team than TCU. Okay. They're a better team. It literally took us playing our worst game of the season, which we did, mm-hmm. for them to beat us by six. Yep. That game's played 10 times. Michigan probably wins at least eight of them, probably nine of them. This was just that one time. Okay. So was the season disappointing? The game result was disappointing. Right. The fact that we're not playing the national championship was disappointing. Am I now disappointed about the whole season because of that? I'm not, actually. 
I, if I were a Michigan fan, I would be because my expectation, yeah, yes, you did good things in, as you just spoke on, you just said it's a higher degree of expectation and, um, and basically it's expectation in the postseason game. And I feel like a lot more rid on that. And that Ohio State game as well, even though it was a regular season game, a lot rid on that. And I feel like unlike Mich- unlike the Lions, where they're a younger team, you guys are in a position where you should have showed that you were a better team than TCU, that you could stand up against a Georgia. I didn't think you had to win the daddy, but you had to at least get there. That was my expectation from seeing a perfect team that was flawless on both sides of the football until the last game. I feel like because of where your expectation was, if I were a Michigan fan, I can't call it no iconic season. I can't. Even off of one game. I'm I didn't say fan. iconic. I said historic. Oh, excuse me. That's very <laughs> similar words, but excuse me. All right. <laughs> but the, but it's a true word because it was historic. Mm, okay. And just to address uh, this comment right here, like we actually outgained them. Who didn't play like the better? Michigan didn't play like the better team. Or yeah. TCU? yeah, like we out we outgained TCU. Uh, turnovers were even. We possessed the ball longer than TCU. See, time of possession doesn't matter. I hate that take. I don't like. No, <laughs> still don't like that take. But no, we 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 outgained them in the passing game. They outgained us in the rushing game. That's what it boiled down to. And so we lost, and we're now preparing for 2023, and I expect them to be back at the college football playoff next year. Comeback season. Well. Unfinished business. And all this this rumor about doggone Harbaugh to the pros. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about that. No, let's not. We got (laughs) – it ain't happening, okay? It's not happening. He just interviewed with Minnesota last season. What you talking about? It ain't happening. (laughs) Because Minnesota was a decent – you're telling me he's going to leave Michigan to go to the dysfunctional Denver Broncos? No. If they pay him enough, sure. No. He's got it made at Michigan, man. He's got it made. He is literally writing his own playbook at Michigan. There's no reason for him to leave. He, you never know. He feels like he could have some unfinished business in now, the NFL. Well, yeah, for sure. But he also has unfinished business now at the college game, and he's got J.J. McCarthy and a lot of that team coming back. So I could see him giving it one more run at Michigan and then leaving for the NFL after that, but he ain't leaving mm-hmm. this year. Okay. He ain't okay. leaving this year. We'll see. I guarantee you he ain't leaving this year. I'm with you like, on that. I'm Charles, I know that. that we lost, but listen, it happened, right? Like, we still are the better team. There's no, like, we lost. The scoreboard didn't work out in our favor. And we didn't lose. We just ran out of time. That's really what happened. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> here's. I'm about to go. I'm <laughs> leave, dude. Oh my god. All right, here we go. We got to get to week 18 picks, and we got to get to some hoorah and who cares really quick. And you picked up another game on me. You have a two-game lead. Um, there's only one game that affects the Lions and their playoff chances this week, so we're going to pick that towards the end. But Eric, let's talk about our week 18 picks again. You have a two-game lead. Um, you're 52 and 29. I am 50 and 31. I got to pick up some games on you. So, a game that has uh comp or divisional implications. Saturday night, Tennessee at Jacksonville. Who you got? Um, I don't buy the Titans. I I know I gave them some love early in the season. I think the Jags are hitting a stride right now. I'm gonna go with Jacksonville. I think I I think I can see them getting this one off. I'm gonna go with Jacksonville. <laughs> 
I am going to go with Tennessee because they have the better running back. And, you know, Jacksonville did not look good against the Lions. Uh, mm-hmm. They've played better since then. But we'll True. see if they can – which team's going to show up. And it's Saturday night and weird things happen, but they are at home. So, But exactly. I'm going to go with Tennessee on the road in that one. Okay. Dallas at Washington. This has NFC East implications because if Dallas wins and Pitt and Philadelphia loses, they are – um, NFC East champs, I believe. Carson Wentz is still playing, right? Uh, does it matter? Yeah, to me, if he's playing, Dallas wins. That's it. It's that simple. Carson Wentz is a complete train wreck. He's been yeah. showing it all season. Dallas. I'm gonna go. With, I'm gonna go with Dallas too. Okay. Uh, next one, Cleveland at Pittsburgh. <sighs> Mike Toblet is unbelievable. The yeah. fact that Pittsburgh is even alive in the AFC right now is nuts. And yeah. I'm going to ride with them. I like their momentum. I think their offense is starting to pick it up. I'm going to go with Pittsburgh on this one. I'm going to go with Cleveland okay. um, just because Pittsburgh has been hot. But at some point, they have to have a letdown game uh, like the Lions did against Carolina. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to be this weekend against Cleveland. All right, here we go. The Los Angeles fighting Baker Mayfields at – the Seattle Seahawks, and we need the Seahawks to lose for Detroit to have a chance to get in the playoffs. But if the Rams lose, we have a better draft pick. So who are you taking here? Can I pick? I'm, I'm this close to picking a tie. You can't for a do it. Well, that actually, that would be fine. If, if they tie and the Lions win, then the Lions are in. Yes. And we still so get the, That's the, fine. The if you want me to goes. call it a push. Oh, I'm picking Seattle. I don't see them losing. I don't care about Baker Mayfield. I'm picking Seattle. <laughs> Go ahead, do it. Do it. Oh, I'm doing it. Go Give me the ring. Give me the fighting Baker Mayfield. Uh, He's gonna have a bounce back game. Seattle's gonna Rams. play with really, really tight, and the Rams are gonna win. All right, Detroit here we Rams. go. Our game: Detroit at Green Bay. <sighs> Can you do it? Wait, Calvin, who's the traitor here? Wait a second. I think who's the traitor? Yeah, I don't know what that's for, Calvin. We need some clarity on that. Oh, oh, he's oh, he's talking to me. He's talking to me. Oh, okay, all right, okay. okay. That's, all right. that's right. Okay. okay. I was like, Calvin, Calvin. come on, man. I'm not talking right. to you, Calvin. Detroit uh, at Green Bay. I don't have the spine to pick the Packers. I don't think it's gonna be easy, but I'm picking the Lions. I'm picking the Lions to win this game. Finish it up by 500. I got to pick them, too. I can't. I can't. I can't. Like, I I will willingly sacrifice losing these picks to you so that Detroit wins and gets playoff experience. I'm with that. But I've got got three games that could give me the the one-game victory. So we will see how that goes. We are uh, almost out of time, but we want to get to a quick who rot and who cares. So go ahead. This is where we're going to pump up a story from around the sports world and to opportunity for us to say, stop talking about it. Who cares? <laughs> I'm going to pump up a player that might piss some people off. I'm going to give my hurrah to CJ Stroud. He played an awesome game. Okay. I don't think Ohio State didn't win, obviously, but he showed me a lot of things that I haven't seen. I thought coming into the season, Stroud was going to be more mobile. He did not show that at all. He showed the ability to extend plays, run on his own, create plays outside the pocket. Um, I wish Marvin Harrison would have stayed in. Hope sucks oh, that he yeah, got hit the way tough. he did. But I like what I saw from Stroud. Not he definitely elevated. 
That was yeah, not targeting. I'm they with you. Made on the that. right call. I'm totally with you on that. Um, Stroud definitely elevated his draft stock. There's a bunch of teams that need a quarterback, and Detroit. I think he did a good job. No, no, <laughs> no. So he no. impressed you. He just didn't impress you. Yeah, that man. Much. I still okay, don't want good. you. Congrats and good luck. Just stay over there. <laughs> don't come over here. No. Okay, good. I'm glad to hear that because, man, I, I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> Um, and I, I've like thought like the hoorah, like I, I'm going to give my hoorah to Dan Campbell. Hmm, okay. Okay. Like okay. I just want, like, we talk about this man all the time and after one and six, there are a lot of people saying he needs to be gone. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. But he stuck to it. And he said, he said this week, and you can see the article on Detroit sports nation, our goal in 2023 is to win the division. Mm-hmm. That's been the goal the whole time. And as I told you, they're going to. Mm-hmm. So I want to give my props to Dan Campbell. Yeah, he's frustrating at times. But I'm really glad that they trusted him enough to let the plan work. And I just want to look, man, when you've coached a team that has a lot of holes to yeah. seven victories in nine games, potentially mm-hmm. eight victories in ten games, like you deserve a pat on the back. Fast. And as Ricky has said, he's made major improvements. Yep. And I'm giving the the hoorah from Beyond the Box and AJ MCDC, baby. <laughs> Deserves a lot of love. Again, I don't think it would. Who cares? Okay. No problem. Uh, oh, let me say this. If they didn't start one and six, he'd be coach of the year this year. Over Sirianni, you think so? 100%. If the Lions don't start Maybe. one and six, he would be coach of the year this year. But anyways, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. You're who maybe, cares? Maybe that could be a different conversation. Um, my who cares is a team I'm absolutely disgusted and sick of. Uh, the New York Jets. They, yeah. we actually had to bear the 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 stomach to cheer for them this week in hopes that they would upset the Seahawks. They are an awful football team. Now no, I don't want to say that. They have pieces. They have promise. They have some structure around them that gives some upside. But their quarterback play. It, that offense is a absolute abomination to watch with their quarterbacks. I'm so tired of them, and I'm disgusted that I even had to cheer for them this week. So my who cares goes for the Jets and their existence for the rest of the year. Which is the case in point why you hesitate to draft a quarterback that high. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with that, and I've resigned myself to the fact that Jared Goff can be our quarterback next year. He just needs to learn how to play on the road. Like, I'm okay with that. Just, and throw just be Williams. decent on the road, right? Like, that's what I want. And don't skip the ball in the dirt to J-Mo. When he throws and it don't skip the ball. That's happened one time. like <laughs> At least three. Okay, maybe three. We'll, we'll talk about it later. It's okay. Yeah, we can talk about it later. Uh, <laughs> here's my who cares, and this might be a little bit of a stretch, but we've kind of already talked about it a little bit. The only way that we are allowed to say SOL anymore <laughs> is what Ricky said earlier. Strong it offensive only line. means strong <laughs> offensive line from here on out. Okay. There is no more SOL discussion about the Lions. Same old Lions is dead. Done, done. It's dead. We're not talking about it anymore. Do not come in here with that crap because while we said that the loss to Carolina was reminiscent of SOL because yeah. of them needing to lose, this team. This culture yes. is not SOL. No. So my who cares? I don't want to hear it again. 
Mm-mm. I don't want to hear same old lines, fans. That's gonna. It might take a little bit of uh, therapy, maybe. And if you need it, we're here every Monday night at at, at seven o'clock. We can give you all the therapy, and we don't charge for it. But <laughs> you aren't like we are not as a fan base. We have to be better because this franchise is being better. Yes, as a fan base, we have to accept the bad because there's you're not going to go undefeated. You're not no. the seventy-two Miami Dolphins. No, there's going to be letdowns. But this team is different. Yes. They could have packed it in and not beat the Bears. And the same old Lions would have lost. Facts. But this ain't the same old Lions. Mm-mm. So no more. No more with that acronym. Unless you're saying strong offensive line. Because we do have one of those. And they are fun to watch. And we're going to talk all about them and how they destroyed the Packers. Getting into the playoffs. Costing themselves a draft pick. Because they need that playoff experience. Next Monday night on Beyond the Box at 7 o'clock. We appreciate everybody that stopped by. For Eric Vincent, I am AJ Riley. We love you all. As always, 100% go Lions on Sunday night football. Beat Aaron Rodgers and let him get to his you know drug-using ways a little bit quicker than... Yes, uh, send him out. Yeah, let him do it. Let him do it. See you later, Aaron. We'll see you all next week. Peace.